It was like half a gallon of water you just drank. I need it bad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back yet again. It's time for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, it's been way too long. He's finally back. Everybody welcome Alex. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm good. How you doing, Johnny? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. So normally, sometimes I throw it right in, but I feel like we're going to get some casual, get those vibes going. We are already vibing as we discussed in the uh, the pre-show time. We are both drinking different varieties of lime seltzer. This is a right. lime seltzer podcast sometimes, apparently. Uh, but it, it just it shows how cool and chill we are as adults. This is very true. A couple of guys drinking a seltzer, having a chat on the internet. Lime flavored. It kind of sounds perverse when you think of it like that. Like, <laughs> like just, just two adult men having a seltzer together. But it, it's good. It's not bad. Yeah. Slowly drinking it while staring into each other's eyes. Yeah. We are both in pretty nondescript, like, white rooms as well. <laughs> I don't see any decoration on either of our walls from where we sit. It almost looks like we're in the same room just video chatting, <laughs> which is quite strange. Don't like that. Kind of scary. I just did some physical comedy turning around scaredly for the listener. You didn't get to see it, but Alex loved it. Uh, love a lime seltzer. Now, you don't have to use it. Like, sometimes people will do drink anything good lately. But uh, I, if, I, if somebody asked me that, I might say a lime seltzer. I love a lime seltzer. That's quite refreshing. But we'll see what direction you go with it. Alex, eat anything good lately? Yes, I have. Um, yesterday, I met up with a friend near UCLA. Uh, and UCLA isn't too close from where I live. Um, luckily for me, I don't have to drive in there very often for my job, but near UCLA, I'm sure it's not very surprising. They have a lot of restaurants, sure. um, a lot of good food options. So my friend and I went to a ramen restaurant called Menya Tigre. And I'm not sure why it's named that. It's, um, Menya, I'm assuming is some kind of Japanese word and Tigre, like tiger in Spanish. Um, and it's like a, it's got a really cool cool logo but they're they specialize in curry ramen so i'm sure most of our listeners are very familiar with japanese ramen but their broth contains curry their um like dipping ramen also has like a curry dipping sauce so it was pretty good we got i got the uh, curry ramen not the dipping kind with the extra pork on it it's quite delicious that's a very good answer Oh, I don't think I've ever had specifically curried ramen. Is this something you seek out? Are you like, I need curried ramen rather than some other ramen today? Or how do you, how do you come across this? Well, I, I, I knew that this restaurant existed, existed. So I had been there before. So I had, you know, I hadn't been there in a while. So I actually did seek it out. I said, Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go for some curry ramen today. And that's what I had. Doing well. Uh, I like, ramen because you can there's such a range of places you might get it from and like <laughs> i have until you go into a place you just don't know what it's going to be like like it's not as bad like pho is the ultimate in terms of like half the places are just a pun name 
but then somehow it's okay anyway. You would think if you base your restaurant on a pun, it would, you've given up before you start. Ramen doesn't go as far as that. But I just, like, if someone tells me a place is good and I'm like, okay, I gotta check this place out, I have no idea what I'm gonna be walking up to. It could be any sort of place when I get there. And it, like, if somebody says it's good, it's good, but I, it, 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 it can be a scary endeavor. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty accurate. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming ramen is quite popular in Chicago as well. Yeah. We had a phase where we had like new ramen restaurant was opening up every other like every other week, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a, a crapshoot when you walk in there. Yeah. Speaking of you know fell restaurants with with um, like pun punny names, there was there's a local restaurant called Fo King, Fo King seventy two, and I'm like this is this has to be some kind of joke, yeah. right? So I, I spoke to the owners, and they're quite Vietnamese, like they barely spoke English. But I was like trying to ask them if that was intentional. It was clearly not intentional. Wow. It was like some word in, in Vietnamese. And I'm just like, ah, get out of here. Like, you just, <laughs> no, no. And I'm just like, okay, now I sound like an asshole. So I'm just going to walk yeah. away. And I, I, I bet a lot of people have had that conversation where there's like somebody, like they hire someone to make them a sign or they're getting permits and somebody's like, this is really what you want. And then it becomes clear, like, I am a serious business person and this is the sign that i want or this is the the place i'm making and, and say okay that's not, i'm not going to be the fucking one to say something somebody else can do that and then now their business exists um and it, honestly it's i bet i bet it draws some people in it's not, i have nothing i bet it draws people to the sidewalk to take pictures of the sign and stuff exactly yeah <laughs> have you eaten anything good lately do i get to ask you this question no um, it's time for our next segment. Uh, we've been doing a game here. It's kind of a game. I don't know if it's a game. We're making a playlist. Some people, name of Matt Schmidt, like to call it, I like this better, but you can call it everyone. We're on our third playlist now, and we've got a little bit of a theme for this one, and that theme is all the songs are going to be from the 70s. And it's your turn to add a song to the playlist, if you're so inclined. And all you have to do is say that, Give me a song that you like better than every song on the playlist. And that song, that is a really easy game for you to play right now because there's only one song on the playlist. And that song is Tupelo Honey by Van Morrison. Mike Huber put it there. Who could have ever guessed that Mike Huber would pick that song? But he picked it for us. And now it's your turn. Uh, but before we dive straight into it, are, are, are you a fan of music from the seventies? I am. Um, you know, I like funk. I like R and B. I like a lot of folk music. Uh, so 70s, a pretty strong era. You know, I had a, you know, I think we all did. We, I have a Pink Floyd, I had a Pink Floyd phase. I had a, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid decade. I'm glad that I'm part of this this playlist as opposed to the other ones. You ever, you ever see that poster with all those butts of Pink Floyd? I think I have. Yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's 70s. I was starting to say good genre, but that's obviously not a genre, but as a category of music, I think it is one of the most interesting ones because as, as you just described, there's not really a distinct 70s sound. It's a really diverse thing. And obviously that's true of any decade, but it feels perhaps the most true. I feel like there's the least things you would just lock onto as compared to 60s or 80s or 90s. Or 70s is like, boy, whatever you're into, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And it hasn't even, it's like before, homogenized isn't necessarily the right word, but I think there are things that are less influencing each other 
in this time period. So you really just do have pure, we're just doing folk music and it's not folk rock and it's not freak folk and there aren't hip hop elements. It's like, no, we just playing some folk music. Mike Huber, yep. other people like Mike Huber, don't correct me on that. That was off the dome. Maybe that was a bad take. Maybe I bet the people who know about music think that is the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I did say it. Well, I tend to agree with you. Now, is there, I might have missed the episode. Is there a reason why we're doing the seventies music? Uh, the reason is that I wanted, this is the third playlist. The first two oh. have just been free for alls. Right. And so I wanted to switch it up a little bit, but then I never knew when the playlist was going to end. <laughs> And I, and I always knew that when it ended, the next person would have to just pick a new song. Right. And I didn't want to tell them like a category in advance. I wanted to just play it off, off the cuff. And so what I decided was I would just let the next person name a song and then I would choose some attribute of that song and we'd go with it. And so Mike Huber did not know, did not, it was not limited to the seventies when he picked that song. But then I was like, that's easy. That song's from the seventies. We're doing a seventies playlist. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time. If you're willing, would you like to add a song to the playlist? Yeah. Mike, I mean, that's a pretty strong start, so I'm not sure how long this playlist is going to go on. But for me, I like Pink Moon by Nick Drake better than Tupelo Honey. Um, I think this will be a very popular selection. It's, it's the, I mean, I like Tupelo Honey a lot as well. And I wanted to kind of stay the same vibe. I think we're talking about autumnish vibe, fallish vibe, pink moon. Uh, I think a little bit more depressing, but definitely fall autumn vibe. So I'm going to go with Nick Drake, pink moon. I love that choice. I also, this is another off the dome, crazy take. 70s best decade for fall music. I feel like there's a lot of 70s music I associate with the fall, with autumn in general. I, I agree. And I wonder if that's because that was kind of like the prime time for folk music. Yeah, I think that's probably tied together. Yeah. Yeah. That, cause then, I mean, all I could think about when you say fall music, 70s, I, th I think about the folk musicians. Right? Um, a lot of music about being outside. A lot of music, like music about the seasons and anything about the seasons tends to be about fall. <laughs> Am right. I just thinking of like two records and I'm just applying everything about the 70s to them? Maybe I'm going to switch. Everything I say from now on is going to be about maggot brain. And I will probably have different general attitudes about the 70s. <laughs> uh, but we have a fantastic playlist on our hands here. I, you know. This is also, after two songs, has got to be the most listenable any of these playlists have been. I, 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 these two are very good songs, so I wouldn't disagree with you. So the playlist game, and again, I, I question whether it's a game, but when we do this, the goal has always been the fun thing, a fun thing, is the discussion about the songs ever escalating. And so each song is, according to the person who adds it to the list, the best song on the playlist so far, their favorite song on the playlist. Um, I don't know that this has been conducive 
to making listenable playlists. Every now and then I look at the playlists we have generated and whether you listen to them in order or put them on shuffle, I don't, they don't have a vibe, but maybe, especially, I'm not telling everybody they gotta do fall songs, but as we established, every song from the seventies is about autumn. Cause it was kind of like the autumn of America in a lot of ways. Boy, this take gets bigger and bigger. Uh, but so maybe we're going to make a really good playlist this time. And people are going to be like, let's go for a drive out in the country, honey. And let's put this playlist on and we'll have a great time. Do you think that could happen? Possible. I mean, of, I mean, especially since every song from the seventies about autumn. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be time to do it. You can't wait around too long and listen to this playlist or else it won't be any good anymore. Yeah, now, you guys got about, what, two weeks left. Exactly, so. yeah. On it. Um, well, how, what do you think would be the reception if you got the family in the car and you put this playlist on and these are the first two songs on it? Uh, you do realize I have young children. That's what I'm thinking about. With, with pretty bad musical tastes. All three of them. Uh, my youngest might fall asleep, so that could be good. A, that's a good thing yeah. for us. Alexander is not liking it. That's for sure. <laughs> he's, he's been requesting Wrecking Ball uh, every other time we're in the car, and it drives me crazy. And he probably would say that song is so old; it's probably from the seventies. <laughs> Yes, uh, and my my daughter might like it. Uh, she 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 likes pretty songs, and these two are, I think, pretty songs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, but and and Sharon probably won't like it. She's I just I think Sharon is going to be a dark horse and be like, oh, what do you? That's that's we can do better. Let's put the radio on. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's uh, she's all, all about you know uh, contemporary pop music, so sure. she, she I won't, won't like it. Okay. I don't know if my dream of somebody taking the family out in the family van and listening to this playlist is going to come true. I, I feel like, though, I mean, judging by the first two songs, it, the family might think we're, like, all going to go kill ourselves. So that, <laughs> <laughs> Dad's driving this van off a bridge. Yeah. We better get out. Pink Moon is on. I think the guy who sang it died. <laughs> we should be careful. <laughs> well, okay. We're not, so we're, we've now, I've changed my tune. We're not going to listen to this in the van. We're going to listen to Wrecking Ball and contemporary pop music. Keep things upbeat. Everybody's in a good mood. I think that's a, and then, but also baby might be staying awake as a result. Might have trouble. Everybody's singing and dancing in the car. Baby's never going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as I shared in the chat room, we're all, we're going to Korea in like two days. Yes. And that's a 14 hour flight. So I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm just, very anxious about the flight. I'm not excited about the trip at all at this point because I think the flight's going to be miserable. So maybe um, Pink Moon is going to put her to sleep and maybe I can play Pink Moon on, on repeat for 14 hours. That could be to a lot of people's benefit if you could somehow lock that in now as like her favorite song forever. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Is this is this the youngest you've ever traveled with a child? If you can parse what I'm trying to get at there. Yes, yes. It, it, the youngest traveler on, on a plane mm -hmm. alongside me kind of thing. So Ava's been to Hawaii last, when was it? Last January, oh, this past January. 
she did okay. Um, but she was younger. She was barely walking. So she wasn't too fussy being in my, you know, being in my arms the whole time. And that's a what, five hours max. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably shorter coming back. So it's going to be much longer. So we'll see how it goes. And it's, it's too bad. It sounds like you're not excited about this trip. Is it, is it just the travel? Is it just the stress about that? I think it's a lot of it, man. Like this is my first time going back to Korea since I left. I, I was going to add, I, I, I didn't remember you ever mentioning it before. I thought, but maybe you just go and you don't say anything. I don't know. It's it's my first time. It's just, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a long flight. It doesn't make sense to go for like one week since your travel time is basically 30 hours. Yeah. Um, so I had never found the time to go since 98. Um, so I have a lot of relatives that I haven't seen and you know how it is with, with relatives. Sure. I'm not, some of them I'm very excited to see. Some of them I'm just like, I don't have to see you for the rest of my life and I'll be okay kind of thing. And there's also like stress and lack of knowing what it's going to be like associated with that. Exactly. I'm sure sometimes exactly. it'll go great and sometimes who knows how it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I'm lying when I say I'm not excited at all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is some excitement there, but I think my anxiety about about the flight, about seeing some of the family members, and just being in. And I realize, like, I don't, I haven't traveled to a destination where it's like a, where it's like a city, right? I, I vacation in Hawaii mm-hmm. often. I vacation, you know, in Southern California, we go down to San Diego for the weekend. It's like a it's like a destination where we just kind of relax, right? But we're going to be in a city. We're going to be walking around a whole lot, taking a lot of public transportation with three kids. It'll be interesting. I mean, the kids are probably not accustomed to this at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're all excited about it. Um, but I'm just like, yeah, like, how are we going to take the subway with three kids? It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be crowded. So try, you're moving stuff around, trying to find your card. Where's your keys? You set the baby on top of the train for a second. Everybody gets inside. Oh my God. Where's the baby? <laughs> exactly. So. I'm sure I'll have fun, um, but at this moment, at this time, I'm not. I'm not excited to go. How How is your uh, Korean these days? I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. I still have to, you know, I use it with my parents here and there. Um, that's one thing I'm worried about too. Like my relatives are going to give me such a hard time because my children do not understand Korean at all. Mm-hmm. So they're going to just stare at them. Like when my relatives say hi to them, they're just going to stare at them going like, I don't know what the hell these people are saying. <laughs> and there's going to be, they're, they're going to get on my case about that. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that, but my Korean is okay. Uh, to answer your question, I think I'll, I'll, I'll get by. I'm wondering if they're going to be able to spot me out and say, look at this foreigner trying mm-hmm. to speak Korean. So we'll see how it goes. Have you, are, are you going to, Let's see. Are you going to try to front it all? Have you got any like angles? I'm trying to think. Like, have you got any specific clothes you're going to wear or not wear to try to be like, oh yeah, I dress like this or I never dress like this when you're over there? Or are you just going to play it real cool and be like, you got to accept me. I'm here. It's pretty good that I'm here. From what I hear from my friends, like you stick out. If you're from America, you go to Korea, even if you're Korean, you'll stick out right. no matter what you try. So I, I, I can try to, I mean, I can try. I can I, I can try to look for I can keep my hair long down and long. I was gonna get a haircut tomorrow, but you know keep it long and I don't know. I can try, but I, I think they'll be able to spot me out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the things you wouldn't think of that would get you in the end anyway. 
So you're exactly. better not making the effort that way. They'd be like, oh, we know that's why your hair's long. We saw your pictures on the internet. You weren't <laughs> looking like that a month ago. <laughs> yes. Uh, every person I'm going to come across, they're, they're going to, they're going to do, you know, internet research on me and they go, yeah. this guy. <laughs> yeah. We can tell. We can tell. Uh, well, I, I hope that the trip, uh, exceeds your ex- admittedly modest expectations. I hope everything goes great. I hope you don't really do the thing where you put anybody on top of the train, but I bet you don't. I bet it goes great. So Sharon wants to do that. So, you know, she's been asking me, like, isn't there one thing that you want to do? And I'm like, not really. Um, I should mention that my mom's mom, my maternal grandma, who's in her nineties, oh, is wow. still alive. And she's my Amazing. only surviving grandparent. And I haven't seen her since like 2002 when she came to visit. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm excited to see her that's and great. her meet my children, her great grandchildren. So I think that's going to be neat. But you know, I, I will tell her not really. And then I ask her, "What do you want to do?" <sighs> so right now, uh, as you know, like everything Korean is kind of popular, right? K-pop mm-hmm. is popular. I think there's a ton of tourists going to Korea and all that stuff. There is a palace in the middle of uh, middle of the capital, and the popular tourist thing to do right now is to get dressed in like traditional Korean clothes and walk around the palace. I don't know if any, any of you guys seen that online or on TV. That's what she wants to do, and I want to die. Yeah, like, there's there's not a thing that I want to do less than that. But Sharon and the kids are very excited to do that. Um, in fact, I mentioned this in front of my dad. I was like, your, your daughter-in-law wants me to do this. And it <laughs> was not very nice to me, but very nice to my, my wife. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't express his disappointment. Really? My, my wife was sitting right next to me, but he looked at me for good, like 15 seconds, like, you're not doing that. Like, <laughs> I think we are doing that. So I will share some pictures when we walk around the palace amongst a bunch of, uh, white people. That you have anticipated my uh, two follow-ups. One, I'm really excited to see the pictures. That's going to be great. And two, do you know is this is this specifically like an American tourist thing, or is it just everybody going to Korea doing this, or, or what, what is the deal with that? I, I have not heard of this, but I'm not very in touch with such things. I I, I think just tourists from all over the world is some like things that they do. I, I see a lot of girls doing it. I don't see too many guys yeah. you know, dying to get dressed up. Um, I bet a lot of the guys are in a very similar situation as you. <laughs> you maybe yeah. you'll have some dads to commemorate with hanging out. Dads, yeah. husbands, that sort of thing. Possibly. So it, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like you going to Gettysburg and getting dressed up as a soldier and, <laughs> and reenacting <laughs> the battle. Like it's not something that I want to do. Right. But mm-hmm. it's just not. We'll see. I'm not going to be able to get out of it. So yeah, I'll try to enjoy it. But that's when when you put it as like, what's the one thing you want to do? It's awfully tough to be like, well, I ain't doing that thing. No, there's there's one thing she wants to do. You're going to do that one thing. Yeah, and I and Sharon got Abby all excited about it. So we're definitely doing it. Yeah, I might not be smiling in the picture. (laughs) I'm really excited to see. (laughs) Uh, No. It's possible we're going to do our next segment now. Maybe your answer on this question is going to change radically in the coming days. But uh, before you get your, your cool get up all together walking around the palace, I want to know today, what is your favorite outfit? 
My favorite outfit. Well, soon to be a traditional Korean garment that I will wear around the palace. But <laughs> as of now, like like the whole outfit that I like to put on. You can define it as you see fit, but that's generally what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a pair of Madewell jeans that I've recently purchased. I think I, I, I share that with the group recently in the chat room. So they're just regular relaxed tapered fit jeans. Uh, uh, I've been wearing those very, uh, those very often. And I have a chore jacket that is forest green. And pair of para boots. And they're like French work boots that I bought earlier this year. So those three items put together, probably my favorite outfit right now. Sounds like a classy look. And it's a thing you can wear to a lot of different places. You can probably dress it up or dress it down, get whatever you want out of it. Yeah, I, I, it's pretty pretty versatile, just like what Huber mentioned about his uh, his corduroys. But also, Huber said his favorite outfit was a tuxedo. So oh, that's right. <laughs> he, he, got, he went a different... but. His cords, he's betting big on cords, but the tuxedo is, it has many attributes that are great, but not necessarily, isn't necessarily the versatility of what you're describing. I, I, um, I also own a, a tux from my wedding. I don't know if I took it out of the box since the wedding. So I, I was, I mean, I wasn't shocked to hear that Michael is like regularly wearing his tuxedo. Mm-hmm. I am not invited to these fancy uh, galas. <laughs> where I'm busting out my tuxedo, but I was happy to hear that uh, he's living the high life. That guy's doing all right. He's doing just fine for himself. <laughs> um, I think our next topic could go any number of ways because I am. Well, no, I won't spoil anything. I'm just going to throw it out there. How often, if ever, would you say that you have deja vu? Pretty often, actually. That's interesting that you asked that. Because I'm pretty sure... You think I asked it before? This is the first time. I, I It almost feels like a deja vu right now. But I think pr- most likely because I have a faulty brain, there are a lot of a lot of moments where I'm like, I've been here before. I had a, I had a dream about this before. And I'm sure I'm completely making it up most of the time. So You think you're just finding connections that aren't really there? That's that's my guess, right? I think that's how my brain works. Um, but I mean, I don't think like deja vu's actually happen. Right. I'm, not, I'm not entirely crazy, but but there are a lot of moments when I think that. Uh, can you can you tell me about a recent one? Do you have any that come to mind? Let's see. Yeah, a couple days ago. I walked into my parents' house. I, my parents had us over for dinner. Um, and as you can imagine, my parents own a very fancy rice cooker. And we do as well. Oh, it was once once fancy. We bought it a long time ago together, like 13 years ago. I walk in. I look at, I look, I go inside the kitchen because my mom was cooking. And in front of me, there was a brand new rice cooker. So I felt kind of betrayed because we had bought our rice cookers together. And now she has this fancy rice cooker. I was giving my mom a hard time in the middle of me saying that. And I was like, 
I feel like I just had this conversation with somebody else, which can't be possible, right? I'm not having conversations about rice cookers with other people. Especially like betrayal of rice cookers or we bought our rice cookers together. How many people could that apply to? Right, right. And I'm just standing there going like, I feel like I've said, uh, I've had this conversation, I've had the similar conversation with my mom before. I had the same exact conversation with her, but that's not. And immediately I was like, that's not true. I just, I just made that up in my head and I don't know why I did that. So things like that. That's very interesting. Um, I used to, let's say when I was high school age, have deja vu pretty frequently and I feel like I never do anymore. How often, so, do, you, how often do you go outside? Oh, <laughs> never. No, it's not that. I go outside. The amount people are supposed to, and I'm not going to say any more about it. But some part of me, I, I feel like one of us is in a bad way here. Either it's good to have deja vu because your brain is finding all this stuff, even if sometimes it, it overgeneralizes and it's looking too hard and finding stuff. And, or, uh, or maybe it's my brain is shutting down. And it's not seeing, it's not noticing things that ought to be noticing. And so it sure as hell isn't noticing extra things. Or you're going crazy and I'm only getting more sane. I think the latter is, is the case. I mean, I don't know what benefit you would have, evolutionary speaking, to have like these random connections that make no sense or like for your brain to completely lie to you. (laughs) I feel like, like younger brains, like that could happen because you're still developing and all that stuff. Now, I shouldn't happen because you shouldn't waste your energy thinking about these things, but I, I am. So I think you're, you're becoming more sane as you get older. I think I'm became, becoming more insane as I get older. So I always do that thing when I send the podcast out where I'm like, listen at your earliest convenience for intriguing conversation. One of those is going to be whether Alex is losing it because <laughs> now we're having that conversation. Well, I, I think people will be able to answer that question without listening to this episode. <laughs> no need so. for conversation on this yeah. topic. Yeah, topic resolved. Really, yeah, not really a cliffhanger there. <laughs> this episode just got real skippable, guys. Maybe I shouldn't put that in there. Uh, no, I'll say, and no discussion of. Yeah. So if I put that, then people will listen. This is going to be a huge episode for us. Ratings bonanza. Uh, it's, I think we want to keep this ratings bonanza going. It's time to do our most popular segment, the one that the whole show is named after. Alex, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Well, Johnny, I have a, I have a great sauce to share with our audience. So recently I was introduced to this new hot sauce. I'm sure it's been around for a long time, but I went over to a friend's house and he, he pulled it out. He asked, he specifically asked me, are you a sauce person? Like he's Exciting about to offer, question. Yeah. As if he's going to offer me some heroin or something. <laughs> hey, Alex, you, you, you're a sauce person. You I'm eat like, fried yeah. on the sauce, don't you, man? You're cool, right? And, and, and I said, yeah, I like, I like a good sauce. And he's like, you like spicy house, like spicy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm down for that. So he, he brought out two bottles of, um, one of which was, uh, Marie Sharp's habanero hot sauce or just hot sauce, original hot sauce. Let me double check that. It's important we have these details right because 
it's a a huge bump for any sauce company out there once they're featured on the show. Sales go through the roof, so they're going to want yeah. people to be directed at the exactly correct sauce. Yeah, the 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 correct name is Marie Sharp's Habanero Hot Sauce. It's um, and then the second bottle he brought out was like the smoked variation of the same sauce, and both were very good. Um, I guess they are from Belize. Okay. So, you know, a typical carrot base. Um, hot pepper hot sauce and according to my friend I think he's full of shit he said <laughs> that it's like the number one export of Belize I, I don't I, I don't know how serious he was but apparently it's quite popular and I hadn't heard of it heard of it um, and then the smoke variation was actually very good as well it tasted like the peppers were actually smoked and it wasn't like some liquid smoke that was added to the mm -hmm. sauce a decent amount, a decent amount of heat, nothing unbearable, and and quite tasty. It sounds delicious. Uh, so when your friend asked you, you you want some of this hot sauce? How did you try it? What did you do with that? We were having pizza. <laughs> having pizza. This coming from you. <laughs> I will. Oh, let me let me make a note of another great thing. I'll put in the episode <laughs> description. Alex tells me about some pizza he ate recently. I, I want to be very clear about my my stance on pizza. I think it's a a, a great dish or food. I like it a lot. I eat it often. I just think you guys overdo it. Okay. It's literally every time we get together. And then, but every time you and Mister Hot Sauce Man get together, it sounds like you guys get to have some pizza too. How convenient. <laughs> Well, obviously, I want to hear about this pizza now. It wasn't anything exciting. I think we just had an order from Papa John's. Okay, fair. My friend also has, they have, their family also has three young children. So it was like, we're, we got together and we're just like trying to feed everybody. And pizza was, it was the obvious choice. So we have some Papa John's and he, he busted out the hot sauce. And I should mention, that I told him that I was going to talk about this sauce mm -hmm. next time I was going to be on the podcast. And he said, what podcast? And I said, I have we, my, my group of friends. We have a podcast about sauce. <laughs> and a normal thing to say. So that was probably the end of the conversation. He just nodded and said, yes, I understand. But he got extremely excited about it because he's very serious about sauces. And he, he, he said, I would love to be on that on that show and I can talk about sauces forever is what he said. So. Now it sounds like this guy's coming for the crown and I'm not sure if I care for that. <laughs> I think I know a lot about sauces. This guy might, I'm not, I'm just, I'm a little concerned. Does this guy know more about sauce than me? <laughs> but yeah, I, that was not the, the, the response I thought he was going to give me. I thought he was going to give me shit for it, but he was actually very excited to hear about our, our little podcast. Well, I'm, I'm glad he's excited. I'm good. I'm going to vet him a little bit before I just throw open the gates and let a possible usurper come in. All of a sudden, it's Sauce Talk featuring some other guy instead of Sauce Talk featuring Johnny Touchdowns. I got, I got very little going on. I, I need this podcast, Alex. I can't have some sauce expert taking it out from underneath me. But, yeah, very good sauce. I, I, I haven't bought it yet for myself. Um, he's, my friend said he's going to let me know when he orders his next shipment. 
that I can. This guy's ordering shipments of sauce from Belize. This guy definitely knows more about sauce than I do. You know, it's so crazy. Like, so I thought it was some, some difficult sauce that I wouldn't be able to get. And I Googled it just right now. And you can buy it on Amazon. So I don't know why he's buying, you know, box full of hot sauce. Crate after crate coming in on a fucking steamer from Belize going through the Panama Canal. I'm getting four cents discount per bottle. <laughs> as long as I buy 3,000 bottles at once. Exactly. I got to go down to the shipyard to pick it up. <laughs> I got to rent three U-Hauls to bring it all back. <laughs> uh, it sounds good. And I also, uh, I think I, I wanted one other thing to say. I think uh, hot sauce has many great usage uses. And pizza is up there with any of them. And a great thing about buying non uh, acquiring whatever non great pizza is that it means the hot sauce is only more important. When you go buy some fancy ass pie, you're not going to be like, and now I'm going to rub it in the chef's face and dump hot sauce all over it. Like that's that's not what's up. But if you just get a whatever pizza that you're you're still excited about because it's still pizza and you should have it for every meal. Uh, you can then not feel even slightly bad about like, oh, am I wrecking the chef's vision? Like, no, dump fucking Belize hot sauce on it and have a great time. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Speaking of pizza, I found this guy um, out in West LA near near UCLA. He's he's doing like a like a unlicensed pizza restaurant in his backyard, and it's all hush hush. Like you have to order it through. Instagram and like you have to show up at a random spot and he drops up the pizza for you and stuff. So that's on my list of things to try out. So when I try that out, I, I'll, I'll be sure to share that with the group. To make yeah. Sure that I- please let us know. That sounds like it will either be the best pizza you've ever had or the end of your life. Yeah. Alex got murdered. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> either something incredible comes out of that backyard pizza oven or you go in it. One of those two is happening. <laughs> Well, I won't find out until I try it. (laughs) I I hope we're not blowing up that guy's spot. Now, should I take that out? Because, like, I think four people who, four people listen to this podcast. It's possible (laughs) the cops are one of them. (laughs) I don't think we have any police officers amongst, amongst us. Let me just throw this out there. If you were a cop, stop listening to Sauce Talk. You should be doing your job instead. I mean, I guess it's entirely possible that we have an undercover officer just waiting uh, to catch one of us. That would make me so mad. <laughs> I no interest. I, you know what? I, I need listeners bad because the ratings are low and the ad revenue is in the basement. But I still don't want the cops to listen. If you had to pick out one undercover officer amongst our group of friends, Dylan. Well, oh I wait, mean, no, he's not actually in the group. Good point. Yeah. He's, he's, and, he doesn't reply to anything. And also, you cannot choose a, an ex-police officer. I, I can and I will, but except he doesn't really count as a person in the group. Okay. And he also um, doesn't count as undercover. I think he makes it <laughs> he's uniform. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy taking his hat that says cops on it, and then he's holding it under his arm, asking the person questions at the crime scene. Yeah. Dylan probably still shows up at the reunion wearing his uniform. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk through this. Someone in the group is an undercover cop. Now, certain people in the group do work for the federal government. But again, that might make it too obvious. It might be too direct. How about 
Dave Artman is trying to infiltrate Antifa in Portland. I I buy that. And I he's like, that. I'm just a chill dude, and who knows what I'm really like, and I have a peaceful family. In multiple languages he speaks. Yeah. Right? He's always running around, possibly trying to run away from Antifa. or no, He's trying to run into Antifa by covering a lot of ground. <laughs> Are you going for a run, honey? No, I'm going to go find Antifa. Yeah. He just points at people. I think that might be them. And then he gets his report back. None of those guys are Antifa, dude. Well, luckily for him, he doesn't have to really look around because the entire city of Portland is filled with Antifa. So That's every true. person who lives in Portland, other than Dave. Is or maybe Antifa. Dave's in too deep and he just is Antifa too. He's a double <laughs> agent. He's actually telling them what the cops are. Like, the cops think I'm looking for you and I found you and... Does this help? No? Okay. Let's go fight fascists. I don't know. What do we do? I'm, I'm kind of confused about what our organization is. Uh, Alex, we have time for just one final main segment, but it's possibly a big one. Or it's possibly one you won't give a shit about at all. I really don't know. Uh, I would like to talk about a thing that perhaps you have very little familiarity with these days. Being home alone. Are you ever home alone? Am I ever home alone? Not. So I used to be home alone a lot because I work from home quite often. Probably most weeks, like four to five days. I go in once every two weeks or so. I'm supposed to go in once every week, but you know I don't really. And Again, Sharon, if the cops are listening, do not arrest Alex for not going into the office every, <laughs> once every week. It's a fine that he does what he does. He's doing a good job. <laughs> and, you know, my wife, Sharon's a teacher, so she would go in and kids will be at school. So I'll be home alone during that time. Now Sharon's off, off of work um, until February of next year. Okay, I'm not home very often. But Sharon is not a fan of staying home. So even when she's home, she goes out very often, spending all my money. So, <laughs> so, um, so I am home occasionally, not for a very long time, maybe like 20, 30 minutes at a time. Okay. Um, is that some, are you excited? Is there, there's a special vibe that occurs when you're the only person in the house. Is it something you're like, oh, I'm going to, put my feet up and do something ridiculous. I'm going to go, I'm going to make a milkshake in the kitchen that I would never be allowed to make. Or is it just like not even a thing to you because you're a grown ass man? Well, I love being home alone. I, I love being home alone because kids are loud and they talk to you constantly. And I'm not like, I'm not like that nice of a dad where like, I, I don't answer every question. Like I'll tell him to stop. You know, I'll walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do anything special? I mean, I mean, I close the blinds and I open my uh, Internet Explorer and I go to my favorite porns. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you would never use Internet Explorer. It's out of date. It's called Microsoft <laughs> Edge, friends. <laughs> I open up my Netscape uh, browser. <laughs> uh, no, I. Yeah, I guess I just like sometimes when when nobody's home, I'll get in my get in the bed and I'll just lay there quietly yeah. and just do nothing. That's good. And and yeah, it, 
this makes me sound really insane along with my day job we take, but I, I'll just lay there. Well, I, the reason why we moved to this house that we moved to is because during the pandemic, I was never home alone because Sharon had to go in because her school had like options to do in-person learning and both of her coworkers and her grade were over 55 and they, oh, wow. they thought they were going to yeah. die if they, if they went in. So she went, she had to go and she didn't have a choice, but we decided to keep both of our children at home at the, at the time we only had two kids and then they were doing, you know, virtual school. So they were with me all the time. And we like our old place, we thought it was so amazing when we first bought it because they had knocked down all the walls and like the kitchen and the living room. It was all just one space and, you know, open floor plan. And I just, could not get away from the children. <laughs> and like at four o'clock, by the time Sharon will get home, I'll say, okay, I need some, I need a moment and I'll go in the bedroom, turn off all the lights and I'll just sit there. Yeah. Like a, like a psychopath. Um, and then I just got so tired of it. So I was like, we need to find a new house where they have walls. And now we're in this house where we have walls. Yeah. I can get away from my children. Hey, you, you can forget about home alone. You weren't getting a room alone. There's nothing. <laughs> no. There's one room and we all lay all day long. It was miserable. That's not what's that was, up. During that time, I was still doing like, like Title VII investigations, sexual harassment and all that stuff. And all our interviews were, you know, were done on the phone, but we talk about a lot of serious stuff, right? People cry on the phone all the time. Sure, right? yeah. One time I was interviewing somebody and my son, who was at the time five, he literally kicked the door open and said, who is that? Can I say hi? And we were talking about this woman getting like sexually harassed yeah. at work and she was like crying and it's on the recording. And I literally had to be like, I had to explain the situation. So it didn't sound like, you know, I was just mocking this lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, for all she knows, you're like, I mean, you could probably guess given the timing, but maybe you're just in an office and maybe people who kick the door and have slightly boyish voices and everybody's <laughs> goofing around in the office there. Yeah. So and I was like, damn, that sucks. That was that was not a good time in, in, in my life. Yeah. Um, how old would you have to? How old are your kids gonna have to be before you leave them home alone? Or that's presumptuous. Maybe you leave them home alone all the time. I don't. Rec- I don't at this point. But the first time I did it, you guys will like this. So it was during the pandemic. Um, and there's a liquor store that I follow on Instagram that's local. Not oh, too my, far. This is going to be the best story. <laughs> and this is our kids were doing their, their virtual school, right? Um, and as I was looking at their Instagram page on their story, they, they, they said they had, they just got a case of Blanton. <laughs> a brand of bourbon that I like a lot. It's, Kind of hard to find these mm-hmm. days. Uh, and they said they had, you know, like 10 bottles left. <laughs> so I looked at my daughter at the time who was, I think she was like, I want to say she was eight. <laughs> my son was five. Uh, I told them, do not answer the door. <laughs> uh, Daddy will be right back. And I ran over there, got the bottle of Blanton. I came back. Um, I try to tell the kids not to tell their mom <laughs> they're home alone, but then 
you know, I, fe- I realized it wouldn't make sense because I had a new bottle of bourbon. <laughs> so I p- try to play it all. I try to play it, play it cool when she got home. I was like, yeah, um, yeah, I just went and bought this bottle. And, you know, I didn't explain how I did it. And she got really upset. <laughs> I, I think, although you clearly, this is a, honesty is the best policy combined with asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Like, you could have been like, hey, kids, daddy's got to go stand in the yard alone for a few minutes, and you won't be able to see him outside, but that's where he is, and also don't let anyone in the house. But no one can come in because I'm out there. But, like, clearly the story is insane, and then now you're stacking lies on lies. You can't be doing any of that. Well, I didn't tell the kids where I was going. I just told told them them you're exiting and they're going to. Yeah, but daddy will be back. Yeah, I'm sure it sounded like it, that. Sounds like I was going to leave my family. Yeah, <laughs> like, I need some cigarettes real bad. I'll be right back, yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, Tijuana in an hour and a half. But that Blanton was really good, so I think it was totally worth it. But other than that time, I think I've done it recently for something else. I think two, like pick up. I left. I think my oldest at home alone to go pick up my 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 middle one from from like soccer practice or something like that. So I think we're getting to a point where it will be okay. Abby is going to be a lot. It seems like she's a probably a pretty advanced and responsible for that age, right? Yeah. And also she has her own iPad now, so she can message me. I guess that's, that's a big plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's a big factor for us, but officially we're still not leaving them home alone. Yeah. I think that's good. Uh, I also got to say, pretty clutched by this liquor store that they're they're like just straight up come and get it like you would assume that they'd be like yeah we either we got hookups or we're all taking all this plantains for our self home and whatever but instead they're like get over here right now and get it and you were able to get over there right then and get it i mean they 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 inflated the price a little bit but something reasonable they do this thing where like they at least give you something it's like blanton and you have to buy like the worst bottle of whiskey that they have in stock and you have to pay like 20 bucks for it. Yeah. So whatever. I'll get something out of it. So I don't mind it. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good liquor store. If you guys are ever in Cyprus, I'll, I'll take you guys there because their selection is often pretty good. Sounds good. Uh, do you have, what was your policy as when you were a kid? Did you get left home alone a bunch? I feel like nobody used to give a shit about this. Yeah, I want to remind you guys that I grew up in Korea until I was 14. So I was basically home alone ever since I was like, I think five. Five, wow. Well, this is the crazy part. No, excuse me, six. Because I remember being home alone with my baby sister. And she's five years younger than me. And I remember... There was this one time she was still in her diapers uh, and like it, it leaked everywhere and I didn't know what to do. And I was just, I had my sister stand in one spot. She was wearing her diapers. <laughs> he was in a, she was in a diaper and my, I had to wait for my mom to get home. And I was clearly home alone with my, with my sister. Well, does that, when you say home alone, you mean like without the parents? Right? Yeah. 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 So I was six. So they clearly didn't care. No, but also maybe they chose pretty wisely because like, like recognizing the situation and minimizing like the damage, like it would be easy to be like, Oh no, let's freak out and run around the house. And now you've got this diaper situation everywhere. You limited it to one corner. That's pretty good thinking by six year old Alex. 
maybe it was the same situation where my mom my mom was like, dude, there's this special edition bourbon I have to go get. It. And it, was, <laughs> it was gone for like 10 minutes, but in my memory, it's just like eternity. Because I, I remember my friends were there for some reason. And it's weird. I don't know why I would be home alone without my parents when my friends were there. And they saw what was leaking and they just said, F this and they just they just peace out. Yeah, I was <laughs> way like, too difficult for us to deal with. Like, you're not moving. You're going to stay in one spot. And she was crying. So maybe I should be fair to my parents. Maybe they were just buying a bottle of bourbon and it was perfectly okay. Some as parents, sometimes you gotta be buying bourbon. <laughs> it ain't like it's regular bourbon. It's Blanton's or something fancy. <laughs> but yes, I, I we I was home alone with my sister quite often when I was younger because both my parents worked. And we watched a lot of TV together. Um, I remember my mom will come home, like, I think maybe lunch or dinner. I don't know. She'll come home to give us food, and then she'll go back to work and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it happened pretty early. Yeah. We had – I was older than that, but I would I was, say, 10 or so. There was a very short period where, like, when my mom, my mom started going back to college and my dad worked. And so then they'd often, depending on her schedule, and almost always, it's just she wouldn't be home to pick us up after school. And so then there was a brief period where there would be like some high school kid would take us home and hang out with us until my parents got home. And then I was immediately like, this is completely unnecessary. I am the man of the house. <laughs> I will, this, And I was like, how about she just gives us a ride home? And then my mom was like, I got another one. You kids walk home every day. And so <laughs> that's what it became very quickly was like, uh, just you figure it out. And then we figured it out and it was fine. What are we going to do? Burn the house down? Never. And how much younger is your sister? Four years younger. Okay. Oh, so she was, she was young. She yeah. was sick. Okay. Okay. You know, it might, I, maybe I'm misremembering it a little and we got the rides longer than I remember. Cause she, now that I say that she would have been too young to be walking at the beginning. So maybe there was a couple years where we got rides home, but it was not long before it was carry your damn saxophone home and figure it out. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember my parents always telling me, especially we after, after we moved to the States, they're like, do not pick up the phone. Cause I think they were under the impression that like somebody's going to come and take you guys and they're going to find out you're home alone. Yeah, you're just this, calling random numbers in the phone yeah, book. Like, I had the same instructions, but I have no idea what that was supposed to mean. <laughs> like child protective services will come and take you guys away. So don't answer the door. Yeah. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. And like, we didn't have cell phones. So I don't even know how we would have gotten in touch with our parents, but that's no. just how things work. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but look at us. We're fine. We're doing great. Yeah. Minus my occasional deja vu. One of us has the wrong amount of deja vu, but collectively that is our only flaw. We are 100% perfect outside of whoever has that problem. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? <laughs> well, there was this one story that I wanted to share with you guys because Ooh. this is, this was literally the funniest thing that I experienced since the last time I saw all of you guys in person. So, um, I'm, I, I think I might have shared with you guys before that I have a lot of Zoom meetings. Yes. Multiple Zoom meetings a day. And I hate them. And one day I was, I had a meeting with a professor, uh, a chair of African American studies at UCLA. She is well known for her research, uh, into like hip hop. 
So she's been a, I think she's been like a music critic since the early 80s. So she's gotten, like she has interviews with all these hip hop legends. And you guys all know I, I like, I like rap, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so like I was very excited to meet her. Very nice lady. Um, but as soon as I jump in the meeting with her, I can tell that she has the eyebrow filter on. Oh boy. I don't know if you guys ever use that or see, you know, mess around with Zoom. I have messed with it and seen it, yes. They're, they're incredibly fake. Like you can see that the eyebrows are like just kind of pasted on. <laughs> and they're clearly like cartoonish drawn eyebrows. And as soon as I turn on the camera, I see her with the eyebrows and I, could not stop laughing and to make the matter worse every time she will turn her head the eyebrows eyebrows will stay in place so it will literally just <laughs> be floating in the middle of the <laughs> and, and and she i was like i don't i couldn't tell whether or not she knew that the filter was on maybe her child turned it on and like never turned it off but I assume that she had the camera on, you know, like I know people have turn off the camera that's facing you, uh -huh. but I'm not a psychopath. So I have my camera on. Yeah. So I want to see whether or not I look stupid. Exactly. Right? So I'm assuming that she had her camera on. I wonder but, if maybe the little corner was just small enough in there that maybe she didn't quite notice the eyebrows. It is entirely possible. But oh boy. So bad. And I met with her one-on-one -on -one for like, 30 minutes and I could not like I just played it off like I was laughing at whatever she was saying <laughs> but it was the worst but the funniest yeah and it's one of those things where when you start the meeting you've got like maybe a one minute window where you can say something and then if you don't, and it's difficult, but if you don't get it out in that first minute, now you're just riding it the whole time. Yeah, and and if, like, if somebody I'm, joins, like, you just think, oh, I didn't even notice the eyebrow. You just, you yes, cannot be like, yeah, I knew. Exactly. It's like, and I wasn't sure if that was intentional. Maybe she likes the filter, so I couldn't say Maybe anything. Maybe she doesn't have eyebrows and she thinks this is fixing the problem. So that's what I could gather whenever she will turn her head. Like, I, I, there wasn't much of an eyebrow and, you know, some, I, I think some ladies like to shave their mm -hmm. eyebrows and just pencil it in. Maybe that was a situation and she didn't have She didn't time. have time to pencil them in that day. So she let Zoom take over. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way that's what it is. It can't be. <laughs> she could have turned off her camera. Anything <laughs> but this. But I was literally talking to floating eyebrows. I was, and I could not stop. Unbelievable. That. I love it. That is a very good story. Uh, Alex, it's time for a final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I mentioned this before to you guys. Madewell, um, very affordable clothing brand. I really like their pants, and I'm very particular about my pants. I don't, you know, I don't like ill-fitting pants. I don't, I don't know if there's anybody who likes ill-fitting pants. You need that big pocket for the huge penis in the front, right? A lot yes. of pants don't do that. Just just slinging it. So I need, I need, I need good pants to provide me support. Um, quite the opposite. Like I, I need the illusion of, uh, of <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stuffed bra. It's just in the front of your jeans all the time. Yeah. Is it, is it stretchy enough? I don't know if you've, I, this must be on Instagram that I see like they're a pair of, like, this advertisement for pants. 
and this guy is stuffing like a, like a milk I 100% see that. He's just pulling stuff out of his pants <laughs> to show you how stretchy they are. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. are you making fun of these pants or telling me to buy them? These look ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, like those pants, uh, pretty comfortable, stretchy, and I think they're quite stylish. So there's there's something that I want. That's something that I want to plug. It sounds like great stuff. We're all going to buy pants from Madewell, and we're all going to read the book, The Art of Fielding. Uh, it's a book by uh, Chad Harbach, and I've read it before, but something inspired me to pick it back up. I'm reading it for the second time now, and I love it. It's about a guy who plays uh, college baseball at a really small school, and he has a tragic accident, and also it's about Moby Dick. So if you like baseball and Moby Dick, a.k.a. if you're me, boy, is this a, a wonderful book to read. And I've just, nice. I've gotten back into it and I'm having such a great time. I wanted to mention it. Great book. And how does, how does, I mean, I don't want you to spoil it for anything. I will spoil everything. Ask anything you want. Like, how does Moby Dick, like, is this the mascot? Uh, oh, you're closer than you think. The school that he plays uh, baseball for is fictional. But uh, it is part of the premise of the, the premise, uh, the deal with the school is that uh, Herman Melville gave a speech there in this tiny school after the book came out and everybody fell in love with him and decided to like dedicate him. Like they built a, put a statue up and they got a bunch of his writings in the library and this, the team mascot is something about the whales or something. And oh. then the main character starts reading Moby Dick in the book and thinking about it a lot. It's kind of a weird book, but uh, I really enjoy it. And I remember the first time I read it, I read Moby Dick immediately after. And I think I might do it again. It could be a winter of Art of Fielding and Moby Dick around these parts. Winter filled with dicks. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a warm winter indeed with all the <laughs> lovely reading experiences. I'm going to put this on my list. It sounds like sounds like a very interesting book. Yeah, it's a really fun book. I think this is the only book this guy has gotten published, and I know it took him a long time to write it, so maybe he's got another one coming in a while. It's also one of those things that for a while there, like HBO bought the rights to make a miniseries, but it never really went anywhere, as is so often the case. But who needs that when you got the book to read? And they apparently have no money because they're canceling their good shows left and right. So oh, it is ridiculous. Uh, that is a topic for another day. But boys, everything about everything streaming the worst. <laughs> I'm really sad that they ended that Lakers show on on the Lakers losing to the Celtics. At the very least, you, I, mean, I know I, I I didn't actually I haven't finished it. I've seen some of it, but I know that they apparently had some sort of like two minute coda or something they dropped at the very end of it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, sucks. They they lost the Celtics, but you know they had a great run through the eighties. The end. I can't <laughs> believe that show of all shows. You can't at least give like a two hour movie finale to or something was, instead I of was, like, nope, that's the end. Goodbye. I was very disappointed, um, but what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's a great question, but I know what we're gonna do. Have a great time reading books, buying Madewell pants. And leaving our small children at home alone so we can buy fancy whiskey. Hell yeah. Alex, I've had such a wonderful time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. 
Best wishes in the intervening days.